Welcome back to the Warhorse Podcast, episode 40. The website is goldengoatguild.net. It's Golden Goat Guild on Instagram and Twitter. Bop on over to the website to get your signed copies of King of Dogs, t-shirts, various, various other Christmassy items that you, you may be in need of. Guest is none other this episode then clay motherfucking martin america's patron saint of applied violence and author of several books the latest of which is a home run in my opinion wrath of the wendigo or wendigo however you say that definite departure um, from clay's other stuff but a fantastic departure. Um, it, it, it kind of, in my opinion, again, bumps Clay's entire game up several serious notches. And um, if you have read his other stuff, it takes an, a major left, let's say, left-hand turn into unexplored, very interesting, fascinating territory. So mostly we cover that. We also uh, we touch on psychedelics. We touch on various malfeasances by uh, certain signals, intelligence outfits who probably don't need to re remain nameless. We we talk about a little bit about trauma, um, a little bit about writing. And again, a lot about the book. In the subscribers section, we pivot somewhat into kind of a quick rundown on latest happenings. I think that Clay stands firm on his earlier predictions, which you can go back in the archive and check out. If you do so, that audio is notoriously bad. However, pardon me, this episode is actually pretty darn good. Although, due in large part to those aforementioned signals-related malfeasances, it was a bear fight to stitch the thing together. So my apologies for the delay in putting this out. I hope that you enjoy it. Short episode, um, soon to be followed with a, a, a more comprehensive, back to our standard, you know, meandering, only partially coherent monologue shtick. 
Although I think we have another guest then too. In any event, I hope you enjoy this. Feedback channels are open, DMs, email, what have you. The book again, you may wanna just pause this, scoot on over to the Bezos Empire and grab a copy. Clay Martin, Wrath of the Wendigo. With no further ado, here is our our latest conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Have a guy. There we go. Yeah. Okay. I lost you. That was weird. Yeah. Right. Because you're. Yeah. You're. They like or they. You know. It was like severed. Where I think everything looked good on your end, everything looked good on mine, but I couldn't hear you and you, your video froze. You, yeah. What I, it might, it might just, and I will do this uh, if I have to go into post-production and just stitch this thing together, I will do that. So if you're okay with sure. uh, continuing. Yeah, by all means, by all means. Yeah. Let's, if you don't mind, okay, so good. We're recording and I'll stitch this all shit up, but um. So you're back three years ago. Three years ago. Start me out there. That's kind of where I lost you. So, you know, it actually was. It was a vision. Uh, So at that time, I'm living in Idaho up in the mountains in a pretty isolated little place. And uh, I was one of those guys that couldn't sleep a lot after the the war for a lot of years. Uh, So I'm like outside at night by myself all the time, like the snow and in the woods and shit. Not like out in the fucking woods because it's cold, but you know, I'm I'm living in a a long cabin (laughs) on the side of a mountain. And, uh, you know, it started off just kind of weird, like I was getting like some just like creepy vibes. And, uh, you know, look, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a pussy. All right. I've spent a lot of time in the jungle and the wood, like, I'm not afraid of fucking dark. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this has been my life. Right. It's fighting in these kinds of places, but it was creepy as fuck. And I'm yep. like, you know, like the chills on your spine thing. And uh, you start to question your sanity. Like, like, did I just turn into like a small child again? Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And I never saw anything weird, but that was where like the vision started. It would be that like creepy fucking vibe first. And then I would start to get pieces of it. And w- when I say vision, that, I guess those can come to different people different ways. This was never visual for me, and it was never a conversation. It was just, like, things that I knew. It was, like, a, a whole story, not even really being told to you, but, like, just kind of forming in your mind. It's all there. And uh, part of that was, uh, well, first of all, this, this whole thing scared the shit out of me. Like, I didn't want to do this shit. Uh, and the second part was the vision was, was blurry. Like, uh, and part of that message that came with that was like, I wouldn't get the whole vision until I got my own shit together, my own shit, like, personally, like, dialed in tight. I was like, you know, I kind of messed the time. I was drinking a lot. You know, I hadn't really been going to the gym very well. Uh, things were not going, you know, super great. Um, so I, I kind of tried to ignore this because I didn't really, really want to do it. Uh, as you've read it now, you can imagine why that would be. Uh, but I always felt this, yeah. like, since both that I had to and that I really wanted to know the rest so you know I started getting my shit together and uh, you know I, I could definitively say that probably learning like June of this year like I really got it all like dialed like okay everything's 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 fine now and then the rest of the vision just kind of came flooding and 
There it goes. And uh, I ended up, I wrote the book. It took about a month. It was between July and August of this year. Just, there it goes. Float out. Wow. Yeah. Weird stuff, man. Weird stuff. Man, I I really admire, um, you know, it, it'll probably come off uh, trite or cliche, but I... I I am familiar with the fear and yeah. you know it's it's not it, we're not dealing in the type of con, like feminized context right. um it's there's much bigger forces you know I mean we we joke about the NSA and this is you know that's no fucking joke but the world and you know the real stage on upon which we act is is terrifying yeah. Yeah, absolutely. At its root, and uh, you know, it's it. I, my experience is not that many people that have that, you know, any kind of confrontation with it at all. So, uh, one, I admire your honesty about it because I think a lot of, you know, anybody, it, and they can't even fault them for trying to couch it in whatever they need to deal with it. Right. But uh, anyway, I hope I hope that that hits you on that end because. I, I could tell too from from that intro. Like this is this is not. You don't need to market. I mean, you got. I have people. A fucking thousand reviews. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I, I, you're killing in sales, I, as far I, as I could tell. Right. I, and you know, honestly, this, the story could have gone on just like it was without that introduction. Like it wouldn't have changed anything. You know, people don't know that until they read it. Uh, the only the only thing it might change is somebody's feeling after the fact. After you read the whole story, you go back to that, like, oh. Oh holy fuck! Like, okay, this is uh, this yeah. has a lot more impact now. Uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 right, man. It's uh, so yeah, it was it was a weird thing to have happen to me, especially. I bet, I bet, <laughs> yeah. And and you probably you know be you know it's not like it's over no. i mean w- it, the story goes on and and hopefully whatever the negativity or, or whatever will you, you know you'll find outlets for it or god will will intervene whatever but yeah it's like you're on the you're on the road it sounds like now and i wanted to say for the audience too like i my experience was there were little gems here and there in the world that you built this fictional world that are not you're not going to just refer to some movie you saw before or some common book and as one example you make a state you know you the author the, um, in the context of the, the flow of the narrative um there's a there's a kind of a minor statement about the nature of females in relation to males and you actually you know this is again for the audience your your character is sort of r r versus k selection he's in a position where he's kind of defending his worldview or, or explicating it to some turds who don't understand it and it, they're dealing in the craziness the what do we call it you know the trannified worldview that that's being being pushed on us now in in its extremity and the character is someone who's wrestling with natural law reality and he makes a statement effectively that women may in some ways be superior to men which 
you know, in our in our thing, there's a lot of like bloviating, um, misogyny or whatever to kind of cover right. it up. But I, I mean, this shit falls flat, you know, beyond the memes and the jokes because. But it also, we, as being alive right now, we kind of have to defend our position because men are shit on left and right. right. And, I mean, effectively, you know, the white man, the white middle-class man oh, is yeah. um, enemy right. number one. Right. So that's that's like a level of nuance to me. In Well, let me finish the thought for the readers. So what Clay or the author or this character is saying at that point is like, there's... Um, a complementariness, uh, a, dyna- a dynamism between man and woman, you know, and they're 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 meant to relate in this harmony. And he, but you make some like factual observations real quick. The the, the character does to kind of justify this idea. Well, fuck, man, women may actually be. I mean, one, they carry the right. eggs. Yeah. Two, their sensitivities oh, are, at, and that was does. the main. Yeah. yeah, like we're we're just these. And, and and that goes again to this other side of like the pain that I mean, especially someone who's seen the type of shit you've seen, um, you know, or any blue collar type. Not that that's your, but any dude who has gotten his hands dirty and taken a few kicks in the teeth comes to understand that uh, the pain attendant to being a man. One, no one gives a fuck. Um, but two, we take shit on the chin because we're kind. Of, our senses are kind of dulled, and we kind of have to dull them yes. to make war. That's how we survive. Yeah, that's how the species survives. Uh, there's two statements in it that I think you're referring to. One, I said men are not equal to women, or I said women are not equal to men, but they may in some ways be superior. Fact. And then the right. second piece of that yeah. is women may actually be, from like an evolutionary perspective, the purity of the species. We are the the evolved. What's that stupid video game where the little girls have the, like the giant robots that they fall out or some bullshit like that? But they have these giant robots that follow around and protect them, like little like nine year old girls and shit. It's kind of the same thing. Like they are the species. Yeah. You could say that we are the evolved, like brutalized enforcer that keeps them safe. Uh, yeah, yep. I mean that's a, that's a fair uh, assessment. That yeah, a hundred percent. It's <laughs> but that would that's an example. Uh, so I'm reading the book and and I'm referring back to this initial statement by the author. You know that this book uh, came from another place. That's an example of a I mean incredibly nuanced thought where your average Clancy reader, you know. They're, they might miss it. I think that it's cool as your audience. Um, I mean, your audience is kind of special. They are. You know, they're they're picking up what you're putting down. Most of them, yeah. It's been it's been astounding. Uh, you know, there'll yeah. still be some like dudes that read this and don't get it, and that's just how it is. But for so far, most of the people that have picked yeah. it up, like they get it, like they get it. And it just some people are on like their second and third reading, and they're picking up new things because uh, there is a lot of like you said hidden nuance in there that you know, you might miss on a first pass, uh, really, you know, condensed down to a pretty short story too, all, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, the thing moves. Um, the premise is, is very useful. And for, as far as, you know, like a, the way to generate a plot, um, it, and, I guess we could give that away, yeah, you know, for, for the, for the listener, 
the story is sort of told um, in the mouth of this character. Do you want to do you want to sure, do that? Sure. Do you want to uh, explain to them? Uh, kinda? It's, it's wild. Uh, one of the first people that read it was uh, was actually Tucker Max. He compared it to uh, Stephen Pressfield's Gates of Fire as far as storytelling goes, as far as like the way the story flows. And that's yeah. a, I, I feel like that's a, one that's a very high bar, and two, it's a fair assessment because I've read Gates of Fire like probably twenty times. Uh, but it starts off the same way. It starts off with a guy that's uh, a high-ranking dude, and there's some other shit that goes along there. But he's basically now a prisoner uh, to a hostile government, and he's trying to deliver a, a message to a certain very high level of that government. Uh, so he's got to go through all these stages of captivity mm-hmm. first. Uh, and that's where the story goes. So as he's, you know, interfacing with his uh, his captors at various levels, as they're, you know, say if he's full of shit or if he's just some, you know, psycho or something, I, he's talking more and more about the past, and that's kind of how the story develops. Is how did we get to this place? It's set about thirty years in the future, where there has been uh, basically a secession type movement uh, st- that came out of an insurgency, and it's developed this whole new nation uh, up in the northwest, basically in the in the redoubt. Yes, brilliant. And you, from there, go on to populate that that new country, the Redoubt, with a culture and details of this culture that are, again, to my mind, ex- exceptionally nuanced and and well thought through. One of the things that, um, you know, again, it was just like a, this tiny little mention, but... Uh, I think it was one of the captors is saying like, you know, these guys are fucking crazy. They're, they eat mushrooms like once a week. Yeah. Um, you know, and to the listener that might, well, what the fuck does that mean? Well, the culture is, is not fucking around with their spirituality. Um, that thing is integrated with, with the way they, they, they walk the walk and they talk the talk. And part of that for them is pushing uh, these psychic limits. The mushrooms, I know that, you know, uh, who are those guys, GBRS or yep. whatever, uh, Sean Ryan, these types of dudes are sort of, you know, and this is becoming, um, I mean, have, is, is that something that's that's that you've run across? Is, so, have you found benefit with these substances? So God, here's my, my, my journey on those so far. Uh, I had a lot... Of, of brain damage from the war, a lot of TBIs and stuff. Uh, so, kind of randomly, yeah. and after that, I'd never touched uh, any, any any mushrooms or anything. Basically, I was staying away from anything uh, hallucinogenic, anything like that, because I didn't want. I already knew things were fucked up, and I didn't want to potentially hurt them more. Right. So, I stayed away from it for a very mm-hmm. long time. Uh, then I was I actually ended up randomly listening to a, a Rogan podcast where he's got Paul Stamets on. Uh, Paul Stamets being like the godfather of, of current uh, mushrooms. He's got like the FDA licenses and all the bullshit, so he can do everything legally. But he's, you know, basically like, you know, mushroom Jesus. So I didn't even really intend to. I didn't even really intend to listen to this one, but I'm like driving through the mountains in Utah or some shit, and I'm in and out of service, so I, I have to pay attention to the road, so I just click on it. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll listen to this asshole because it's three in the morning. And uh, it was like the most interesting podcast that I've ever listened to. I was, you know, I was like, I'm, I went back and listened to it again later. I'm like, this is amazing. And he talks all about his journey, uh, starting when he was like 17, and then you know where he's at now with you know, hundreds of patents and all this crazy shit on mushrooms. 
so that was really kind of the first time that I was like, maybe what I've been sold from Big Pharma is a bunch of bullshit. And then at the same time, also, uh, I started talking with uh, with Tucker Max, uh, who I met uh, last like January or February. And uh, that was one of the, the play. He's big into psychedelic medicine. Uh, he's actually got a, a yeah. good podcast up on his channel about his introduction to, uh, to psychedelic medicine. So uh, I'd already heard the Stamets thing. So we started talking. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, dude, he's like, I would still be like a fucking disaster train wreck of a human being if I hadn't discovered both uh, mushrooms and MDMA and used those in combination with, uh, with therapy to like get myself like unfucked and uh you know talking about how it centered yeah. his life yeah. and like really changed like all these things that were uh i guess wrong with is, is is what i'm looking for but things that he didn't like about himself and things that were like really just fucking him up emotionally um yeah so i was like holy shit so we talked extensively probably multiple times about this about doing it and i was like i'm still a little bit worried uh just because i'm a I've got damage, and uh, so I, so then later or earlier this year, back in June, I got a chance to go down to this TBI clinic in Dallas. Uh, it's called uh, Brain Resiliency. It's out of uh, McKinney, Texas, and they have some like wild ass you know science fiction shit going on in there. Uh, but basically, they're doing a bunch of research on using magnets on your brain. Uh, so I go in there and they put me in the the fucking Tesla machine and shoot lightning through my head and all this shit, and. Uh, <laughs> And that was a huge improvement for me. I'm like, I don't even feel like I'm the same person I was back in June. But, you know, later on I asked somebody that was kind of in both worlds, and they're like, look, man, I can't tell you this is a medical professional, and neither will any of those doctors. But if we were at a cocktail party, what they would tell you is, we wish we could use both at the same time, as well as you need to take a journey with, with a guide and you know, like all the all the right shit. Don't you know? Just go to a rave and take some MDMA. But uh, you'll find you a, a shaman or a guide, and uh, and this will be very helpful for you in ways that like medical science or not. So I, I still haven't touched it. I'm still waiting uh, to go to a place where where I can set it up with like the right time and the guide, probably within the next month or two. But uh, yeah, as of yet, I, I've still never touched it. But I felt like I had a a, a reasonable grasp for somebody that hasn't for the book. Uh, just from reading Stamets' book and listening to him and then talking intensively with that with Tucker. Well, so as somebody who um, has taken a shit ton of psychedelics, um, and not for a long, long time, though, um, I approve, you know, that's a wise path. Make sure that um, the, the more, like, attention and care that you give to it and that you bring to it that's that aspect of that story is very true that set and setting um and i i know tucker max you you guys have developed a relationship he yeah um and he does seem like a guy who i mean he was on a very different track yeah holy shit (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah completely it's uh it's funny how we even met. Uh, so, you know, I was dicking around last Ju- last December, January, and some dude like hit me up on Facebook with like a, a like a, uh, a a not very big podcast that I'd never heard about, it, like Nebraska. 
he's like, hey, you know, whatever. Uh, Tucker Max told me to get a hold of you and see if you want to go on the program because he, you know, read Prairie Fire or whatever. And I was like, okay. Well, I thought he was talking about this operator I knew that was from Nebraska that was such a party animal that he could reasonably be named Tucker Max as, like, you know, a joke. So I'm like, whatever. So, okay. You know, I go, we go on the cast, we do it or whatever, and then it's over. And, uh, you know, I call him, you know, hey, thanks for like, having me on or whatever. And I was like, did you mean, you know, this guy? And he's like, no, I meant, like, Tucker Max. And I'm like, like, that guy? And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's read Prey Fire and uh, Concrete Jungle, and, uh, you know, he couldn't find you. Because I, I got nuked after January 6th. I don't know if you knew that or not. Like, I got, like, erased from the fucking internet for a while. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I never really came back from that because I was, like, you know, I was just not in a place in my life where I, I wanted to bother. And, two, I was like, maybe that means I'm off the target deck now and I can just, you know, go over here and, uh, you know, be forgotten about. But, uh, anyway, he'd been looking for me. So I was like, okay, well, that's different. So I research around about him uh, and, uh, you know, make sure that he's, he's on a different glide path. And uh, I find him on Twitter, and we, we DM a couple times. I shoot him my number, and uh, we, we call and talk. But that was actually funny. That was the first conversation I had with him. Uh, you know, I was like, you know, I don't know who you are. Like, I read the like, first three chapters of your book when I was, like, 25, and then I threw the motherfucker out the window because, you know, I just I didn't like you. <laughs> I was like, honestly, I, just, I didn't like you. Uh, so what, what are you doing now? And that was my big question. It's like, you know, are you selling water filters, some kind of fucking grift for you? Like, who are you? And, uh, you know, cause I, you know, at this point in my life, like, I don't care. Like, like, you know, like the, the president could call and ask him the same thing. Like, but, uh, anyway, he's like, you know, no man, like I'm really like this dude now. Like I have a sheep ranch and like, you know, wife and kids. And like, I've, I've done this like progressive journey. I'm like a, he's like, I'm not a character anymore that I was like, okay. So, uh, we ended up talking a lot and I ended up going down and I uh, trained him and trained his kids. And he really is, he's a different person. He's one of our guys now. Uh, but it's weird. I think a lot of us still see him at like, you know, a 24 year old frat boy. And also to be fair, not a lot of guys step off that glide path, especially if they've been very successful at it and, you know, had movies and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, he's, he's probably one of the, arguably like the the weirdest and most complete like turnaround stories of like the uh you know the i guess the right-wing extremists now <laughs> you know for lack yeah. of a better term but yeah it's pretty yeah wild. i'm a big yeah i've caught a little bit of that um hesitancy you know to right but i um i'm a big believer in you know that's that's actually kind of one of the hallmarks of the whatever, you know, the, uh, death cult materialistic, uh, enemy is, is if you get down into their philosophy, they don't actually believe that the human being can change. Right. And I've had personal interactions with, you know, players within that system with, you know, very credentialed and whatever. And, and they're, they're fucking making moves. And that was that person's studied belief that, you know, there, there's a human nature and it's fixed. Um, so personally I'm careful and, and, you know, I'm totally open to this, this strange character arc that a guy like Tucker Max can take. If if that's what it is, fantastic. I bet he holds, you know, all kinds of special gifts that he can share with, you know, the, this brings up another thing that is very notable. And once again, I, I was highly impressed with it was you're in, in Wendigo again, you're avoiding, and it's not that you're avoiding it, you're, 
you make certain allowances for like Christianity uh, interfacing in this in the future um, right. with paganism and with various other you know possible uh, religious right. type outlooks right. and uh it have you you know again for the reader check it out it's 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 developed in a very plausible sensical way in my opinion but have you you know where are you at with that now i would imagine that's something you're going to continue to definitely evaluate and so so here's actually one of the other reasons that that introduction is so weird coming from me all right, uh, I was never a religious person uh, for my entire adult life. Uh, and not a lot of people know this either, but I, I just kind of like popped the bubble and it's something I kind of kept like aside for a lot of years. So I was raised an atheist until I was about 11. All right, then my parents converted to Jehovah's Witnesses. Then I got excommunicated the day I joined the Marine Corps. All right, and then I fought for 15 years as, a, as an avowed atheist. Uh, so in the spiritual realm, like, I've walked a weird, weird, weird path. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah. there was always, with me, though, kind of some, like, weird shit going on. Uh, I mean, I could probably devote an entire podcast to that. But, like, I just, I just knew shit sometimes. Uh, like, weird shit. Like, uh, like uh, my, my last, like, cyber partner that I was, you know, boys with... He ended up with like three, four times more kills than I did because we'd go up on a roof and I would just know. I would take him and I'd be like, somebody's going to come out right there. And I would take one of my Iraqis and I'd be like, somebody else is going to come out right there. And then I'd take a spot where I didn't know what was going to happen. I had every, every time I told him that, he popped somebody. Every time. And it was just, I don't know why, I just always knew that's what was going to happen. Uh, and there was other just weird shit like that that, that was a, a constant in my life that... Yeah, I, I couldn't really explain it. I really tried to. Uh, you know, maybe I was just more like cause I was actually a, a blank slate guy at the time. If we're, if we're talking about that, I was like, you know, men are machines, and we just go forward, and you know, we do shit, and then uh, you know, we we either catch a bullet or we don't. Uh, there's other weird shit like uh, I couldn't get lost for a long time. Like you drop me in the woods anywhere in the fucking world, and I would know where to go. Uh, there were multiple times training on like Camp shit, especially as a young guy. That uh, I would, we would be doing some kind of random exercise where I got like blindfolded, put a sandbag, dropped off in the woods. In like five minutes, I would know where I was. So there was always like some some kind of like edgy, kind of like flaky shit that wasn't quite like you know fucking ESP. So I know the the lottery numbers, anything really useful, but there was always something going on there. Um, so I was never like you know spiritual dude though. And uh, none of those times that I ever, you know, when people are dying and shit, was I ever like, you know, I, I always heard right before, especially the war started, there's, there's no atheists in foxholes. Well, bullshit. Like, me and a, I would say a fair amount of other guys just fought that way for all that time. You know, the, we never got the, uh, the, the conversion because I'm afraid. Uh, so, anyway, I guess my point there is, like, I was never, like, really, like, spiritually connected to these things. The other thing that's especially astounding for me about how I ended up writing the book is uh, I didn't care for Viking culture. You know, if we're being totally honest about mm. things, because uh, that was kind of like starting to become popular as I was like a really young man in the military forces. And uh, because of the way like Vikings and Germanic barbarians were presented in like popular myth, 
I was always like, those guys are fucking amateurs. Like, why would you want to emulate these, uh, these fucking clowns that have no discipline and shit? And I was a lot more of like an Eastern philosophy kind of guy, either like, either like Roman Empire or like, you know, Eastern, Eastern, like, uh, you know, samurai type of like regimented, disciplined, you know, dude. So going into this, I didn't even really know much about like Vikings or in this case, Germanic barbarians. So that was all kind of like messaging stuff too. But, you know, as I was writing the book and, you know, occasionally I'm having to like go over and like fact check shit from, uh, from Wikipedia. So I'm like, I feel like this is the direction this should go, but I want to know. And uh, that was where I found out a lot of the, uh, the crazy shit, like, you know, like how barbarian kings were actually elected in, uh, in, in, in Germany or in the German, Germanic tribal areas and all this stuff. And uh, like by the time the, the book was over, or I guess maybe actually would have started, I really felt this weird, weird calling that was also part of like the spiritual connection to make this. And that was to resurrect paganism in a lot of ways. Now, I don't feel like that's contrary to, you know, part of the reason there, there's tribes of Christians in the book, too, is I believe that everybody, as long as they're following a morally correct path, their spiritual connection, you could say it goes to the same place. Uh, for some people, that's a, a Mormon path. For some people, that's a, a Jewish path. For some reason, it's, it's a Protestant path. But uh, I don't think there has to be conflict there. And uh, I, I think part of my, my tasking going forward is to, you know, resurrect paganism from what it is right now, which is a, mostly a bad fucking joke. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I happen to agree that... Um... It's, you know, not even for tactical and otherwise other sort of logistical purposes of survival. I I tend to agree on like a theological level that it 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 probably does go all the same way, and there's no fucking reason to. There's there's deeper enemies than some silly theological right. distinction between well, I call this right. place that, and your fucking people call it that, or whatever. But, right. um, yeah, I picked up on that. So, huh, that's, that's interesting. Well, you know, it's, it, it's wild because it's a, a, a heretical belief to a lot of religions to say that, uh, you know, there's a yeah. lot of Christians that will like immediately be like, no motherfucker, like mine goes here and yours goes there. And that was kind of one of the, the, the things that we looked at in the book too, is like, I don't really know if it all goes to exactly the same place and it's just one spirit. I don't know if it goes to an alliance of, you know, Wotan's over here and uh, Yahweh's over here and they're different dudes. But it seems like definitely right now they're, saying, they're playing on the same fucking team. Uh, and we can sort that shit out later uh, because what's obvious is the other side is uh, the devil, Moloch, Baal, whoever the fuck you want to call it, right. Bahamut. That's the bad guy. Let's let's deal with that shit. Yeah. And then we can come back and sort this out. <laughs> Reader, there you go. That that gives you an indication of how big this this Wendigo book is. Um as far as the Wendigo, you know, you you um it's as if I recall, it's not um this particular high-ranking um member of the the insurgents that that winds up telling the story but it's his someone in his lineage right his father or grandfather 
who has his own kind of experiences with war, followed by, um, what do you call it? I mean, some sort of um, quest, a spiritual-based quest. Right. And, um, yeah, I think they call it, you know, Christians are opposed to syncretism, where you have these... I guess they think the individual is picking and choosing, you know, well, I like Wotan or, or, you know, in my case, uh, I like the Orthodox church, but I'm also not opposed to mushrooms. And, um, you know, the more there, there's a big surface problem here too, that, um, in all of these sects and religions there, there's, um, an esoteric aspect and an exoteric aspect. And, and the, the fucking ugly fact of the matter is that the exoteric is for what we all call the masses. And the esoteric is for, sorry again, but, you know, people who are higher up on the, the whatever, the capability or IQ curve or what have you. They, individuals such as these necessitate um, more, you know, they need to go yeah. deeper into it themselves. And um, it's well, usually at that point. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Right. Oh no, dude. I mean, have you? I'm sure you. I'm sure you have read up on like the uh, use of psychedelics in all, like all religions throughout all time. Uh, I yeah. mean, it's fucking insane when you start digging into it. Uh, you know, the, the yeah. burning bush for uh, for Abraham and whatever that. There's actually a plant over there that you can burn. It, it has effects just like our mushrooms. Uh, the idea really? that the orthodoxy wasn't running around with just incense back in the Middle Ages. They had. Right you know, fucking THC and whatever kind of bullshit that was actually giving the masses that religious experience. Part of the reason they went to church. Like, yep. that was the only place you were going to feel that connection. Uh, you know, all the the, Indi- the, uh, the natives to this continent, uh, you know, back to the, the, the Greeks where there was like the, uh, the temple where like you went to learn the secrets and nobody ever talked about it under penalty of death. Very good possibility that they had some, you know, magic fucking sauce for lack of a better yep. word. Uh, a brew, the, the, yeah, the the brew, the uh, then there's the Hindu brew that they cannot replicate, but that they know existed at like the foundations of Hinduism because it was talked about all this time, but effectively they lost the fucking recipe. When you look at how hard they've pushed against psychedelics, especially in this century, it starts to make a lot of sense, right? Like people that don't want you to know things and be able to think for yourself are the ones that put the clamps down on that shit. Like, hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Or, you know, you know the, I, I've, I've wondered if they, just lately they, they may feel like, well, the cat is out of the bag, so maybe we'll try and get out ahead of it and steer it in some direction. So I, I, I there's some, like this uh, organization called MAPS, like it, it's, it's more or less this nonprofit that's, um, Rick Doblin heads it. He's been on Rogan podcast and his organ, he's like a Harvard lawyer who devoted his life at least the past 30 years to sort of pushing legislation forward that would make it just possible to have some clinical trials and whatnot. Um, so I, in a way, you know, it's, it's almost, I, I kind of look at it as we're going to have to race to like those of us that will not go into this realm, that will not cross into this um, extra space, uh, may be relinquishing that immense possibility, power, potential to... So we really don't have any choice. 
and and if that necessitates the use of um, some mushrooms or or whatever, there's I wanted to ask you too. Um, uh, I was just reading about ketamine, and yeah. I I used to always be you know sort of uh, sort of crunchy. You know, I was like, well, well, not really. I mean, I'd take the shit out of LSD and um, <laughs> a variety of other, but but ketamine was always like, sweet Jesus, this is a horse tranquilizer. Like I, you know, I didn't. I right. But the more I read about it. Um, and MDMA, which I have, I have experimented with myself. There, there are possibilities with the combinations of these things, and and who knows, you know, the, whether it's the yeah. magnets or certain UV lights. Or I'm actually advocating, you know, or I'm not advocating for, it, but I'm I'm personally exploring all these. We used to chant, you know, we used to stand around the fire, and we used to go on these individual quests. Um, and there's there are a whole bunch of of activities that we used to do that probably um, accessed these flow states that would facilitate, you know, capacities like knowing where the fuck you are in the middle of a dark woods that you, you otherwise should not know. And, you know, you should not be able to know that an enemy is going to pop his head out from this window. But yeah, I too, I uh, certainly not, um, with those kind of stakes, but I've had that experience too, where I know that's going to happen and boom, that happens. And, uh, yeah. these flow states and all of this, this is an area that I, I mean, that was one of the things I really, really dug about this book was you're cracking open, you know, a whole new, I mean, a bigger set of power in many ways than, you know, all, all of the other, because you've got the logistics and the tactics and the strategies covered. Um, I think it's it's an interesting thing is that I, I think some of these these states, you know, it's it's really hard to go back and understand, like uh, like the, you know the warrior states for these guys too. That you know, the thing the chanting and get around. I I think in a lot of ways, unless you've done like the the business of killing too, so I think that was part of what like opened up these ideas of like how the fuck were these guys so efficient at this. Because you, you start to understand things that other people don't. Uh, so that really got the wheels flowing for, you know, there, there are obviously other things here. And, and once you get away from, like, the blank slate theory, too, and you start looking at, like, you know, how the fuck were these guys more effective uh, or able to kick the ass off of these guys with, like, bullshit primitive weapons and no fucking steel... It really does start to open your mind to these more like you know, kind of esoteric possibilities, and then you start reading, uh, you know, the sagas, and then also like the the archaeology shit that backs those up, and you're really like, mm. oh holy fuck! Like none of this, none of the shit that like apparently really did happen should have been possible, or a lot of it. Uh, so yeah, it it's really taken me down a, a, a path of. You know, I'm still going down there. It's going to be a long, long journey of, of figuring some of this stuff out. But it's opened my mind in a huge way about, you know, what I what I thought was real about the world and what maybe uh, is. Yeah. Can you go more, if you want, into this sure. idea of, like, the business? Because I, I think I can see what you mean. I can, but if you want to, the business of killing can open up this door, at least to, yeah. you know, you wondering, like, 
what was, uh, what's possible. I mean, I, there's the example, right. Of like, um, 40 Spanish soldiers, uh, laying waste to, I forget how many thousands of, um, or were they Aztecs or, or Mayans? Yeah, these are or Aztecs or Incas. I don't remember which one, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Even with, with fucking muskets, like, shouldn't have been possible. All right. Should right. not have been possible. Uh, and then we can talk a little bit of bullshit about, like, you know, the superiority of Toledo steel versus flint weapons. It's not enough to offset. Uh, it's just not. And uh, you, there's, there's some stark examples of, uh, of berserkers, too. Uh, and that was one of the things that was like directly referenced in the book. There's real world examples of them too, uh, taking wounds that should have killed them like a hundred times over. Uh, and most of these guys didn't end up surviving, but they would do some list like fucking wazoo crazy shit. Uh, and a lot of that goes back to, uh, when you start to rethink about religion, this is actually what we were talking about a minute ago. There, there are times when myth is like exaggerated greatly and that's usually to hide the true meaning of the story uh and i I think that's a lot of gateways that i still haven't opened yet but i can to a degree even without you know some sauce uh kind of kind of get a feel for those now uh but a lot of a lot of these times that they're talking about those are not exaggerations i think There, there really were dudes that were capable of just incredible incredible shit uh and then some of the, the ways that, you know, battles turned, too, were just, like, impossible. So I think, for me, that was kind of the journey that I took to get there. It took all this fighting and stuff that I did, and then, you know, basically that being all of, of my friend circle, too. So we talk about things on, a, you know, like a regular basis. And then uh, seeing how quickly, like, our own military capability fell apart under, like, wokeism and, and lack of belief. And once the belief went away for us... I mean, our army sucks right now. They get their ass kicked by by fucking a troop of Girl Scouts. So that was kind of what what led me down that path. And it is a weird one. No, man that that's the coolest. That um, I, I I think I know. I think I have a pretty darn good idea of where you're going. And yeah, I gotta say it's 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 awesome. Um couple other things about yeah we're gonna keep we're gonna keep working this like i said i'm I'm sorry go ahead are you back yeah like i said this is the this is the beginning of a journey for me uh i'm still learning a lot of things uh yeah there'll be more books and stuff too but more importantly you know i'm making this journey of discovery and uh you know i'm not gonna keep that to myself either as as i reach like you know milestones are critical i'm gonna i'm gonna pass that back on and in whatever format i need to from my you know from podcasts from you know writing whatever bullshit Whatever gets it done, because I do feel like that is my calling now. Uh, that's part of the, the resurrection of, of, of paganism. Is uh, is not even just paganism. That's kind of a bullshit uh, answer to that. A, part of the problem right now is is most of, of paganism is a bunch of cringe, fucking pussies, for lack of a better word. Uh, pretty much anybody that pushes that shit right now, Hellenism yeah. or paganism, most of the time they're a bitch. There's some there's some dudes who are like true believers and shit. Uh, but there's not very many of them that are actually hard asses. I, I think, both on the spiritual level for some of us, but certainly on like the uh, psychological level, though, that's a way to help us get back to like a, a set of moral values and a set of psychological values that set us up for success. It's a it's a way to 
like build tribal structure to tribal belief system uh, that again doesn't necessarily have to be pagan based but the the principles will be the same uh, and that's how I feel like we move the ball down the road and uh, and that's that's what I want to do I want to you know consolidate these ideas and be able to just hand it off to somebody like you take this guidebook or whatever shit that I've learned and apply it that template to your area and your people. Same here. Similar, very similar, uh, conclusion. That's probably why I dug this book so much. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, in terms of, um, a little bit more about Wendigo, this is the part where I don't want to give away too much, but look, let's say that, there's uh, a polar, you know, entity within the, the story. Um, I've, I happen to believe that this is true anyway. And there, there have been some, some pretty important books over the years. Uh, we referred to whoever the fuck they were, the Incans or Aztecs or whoever. Um, and, and for the audience, you know, this is... Bare bones, this is an an instance where devout Christians, in this case, or people on a path, believers, are running up against the wholesale, just empty slaughter of, you know, tens of thousands of human beings. And they're just like, no, that shit's, that's fucking done. And we're, we're going to, you know, run blood into the rivers uh, right, right now, right fucking here at the cost right. of all of us, if need be. And that's right. that. And... Um, you know, that's an instance of, I think, what some historians have called the death cult. Like, it, it sort of pops yeah. up here, and then it maybe gets crushed, or maybe it bombshells and then pops up somewhere else. But um, in our in our time, um, we, have, we have some indications over the years that, that uh, this, this thing... You know, I, and we may not have all the particulars, right? Or we may not, we, we may not know half. They may be 10 times as bad, but, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to dance around this really bitching part of this, uh, book that, uh, so help me out if you want, but, um, it, where are you at with, with kind of that, that piece of it, this, this, um, super evil motherfuckers doing really terrible shit right now. Here was part of the transition, and here was why I don't think I was ready to receive this story prior to, like, 2018, 2019, because, again, I didn't believe. I was just a non-believer, so I couldn't possibly believe in evil spirits. Uh, that really started changing for me around, like, Trump's election time, to be honest with you. And I, I think this is probably actually true for a lot of people. Like, going into, like, I don't know, 2014, 2015, I was like, who, who gives a fuck, you know, whatever, this dickhead, this dickhead. Uh, but yeah. seeing, you know, the way, the way Trump ran uh, and won, uh, despite all odds, uh, and then how fucking hard they fought to keep him down, or at least it appeared to be. Because I mean, there's still the possibility yeah. that Trump was just controlled opposition. That's a very real prob- possibility as well. But it looked like they were really, like, going all out to keep him from doing anything. And as some of those, like, things that would have been, like, conspiracy nutbar shit started, like, proving to be true, 
And it only takes like one. Like after that first crack in the dam, you're like, oh, fuck. Like I called people crazy for, for that. I, I can't even, I'm not going to say one right now, but I know what I'm thinking about. But after you look at that one, you're like, oh, fuck, that was real. And then maybe one more after that. You're like, now if you're a rational human being, you have to change your premise. You have to look at this like maybe all the crazy shit's true. And when you open that door, that's when everything changes because you can see the fucking evil. Uh, you can tell that there are demons that walk the fucking earth. And you can look at the human sacrifice and the way they've modified things to make it okay and not as visible. Yep. And all the fucking crazy shit that goes along with that. And then you had better hope that there's a good side. <laughs> you know, fuck me if there's not. Like, you know, well said. that's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Okay, so if if uh, listeners, you're not sold on this on this shit now. I don't know what to tell you. You're just plain wrong. Um, this book rules. Uh, Clay, how do you feel about taking a short break, take a piss, water break, yeah. get a yeah. chew, what have you, and we'll Hell yeah. do another round. Okay, buddy. I'm we'll down. Pause it. Okay, sounds good. Cool. Man.